you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1, starting at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall, shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from, from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. When one of my sister-in-laws was a little girl, she remembers a family vacation where they were traveling and they stopped at a rest area, and her little sister was forgotten. Apparently, they all went into the, um, the rest area and... Uh, took care of things, and um, they went back in the car, and uh, I guess there was a couple kids, and uh, you know, those were the days where kids rode in the back of the station wagon, so it's easy, I guess, to lose track of them, and they took off, but they were missing one of the kids, and this is the day before cell phones, too, so it was about 10 miles down the road before they realized that somebody was missing, so then they had to turn around and go back and get her. And that's why she's still struggling with abandonment issues even to this day. I'm kidding about that part. But her family, they laugh a lot about this. I mean, that's kind of a, a family joke. But still, can you imagine coming out of that rest area, that restroom, and, and not seeing your family there, not seeing the car? I'm sure she was a little frightened, probably a little scared. You know, I don't think it's any fun to be forgotten. I have to wonder as I read the story if maybe Joseph felt a little bit forgotten. I mean, you can't blame him for feeling a little bit forgotten. I mean, after all, Mary saw an angel, told her all about what was about to happen. She, Mary knew about a relative of theirs, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were going to have a baby. Zechariah saw an angel, told him what was going to happen. But what about poor Joseph? Actually, he didn't see an angel until afterwards, until after he heard the news that his fiancée was pregnant. You can just imagine how difficult that must have been to hear about that. You know, I'm not sure if Mary told Joseph this before she went to Elizabeth's house or after. The, the Bible really doesn't say, but can you imagine if it was after? Not only would she have told Mary about that she was pregnant, but she would have been three months pregnant, so she would have probably been showing a little bit already. Either way, I bet Joseph had a long night trying to figure out what to do. 
how he's going to deal with this. But thankfully, God sent one of his angels to help him make up his mind. And as we just saw in, in Scripture, he was obedient. And uh, he did what was right and honorable and good. You know, when I read the story about Joseph, I, I, I find myself wishing that the Bible gave us just a little bit more information about who he was, but it doesn't. In fact, after the events of Jesus' birth, after fleeing from King Herod, we really don't hear much about Joseph. There, there's one other instance, and that's when they, they lose Joseph when they went to uh, the temple, and they had to go back and, and, and find him. You know, I guess in, in, when you look at the whole Christmas story, he does play a very minor role, but still his role is very important. He was going to be the human father of the Lord Jesus. Joseph really is an amazing fellow when you think about it. His faith in God, despite how amazing everything was and how there was really few answers, God really doesn't tell him a whole lot about what's going on, but still his faith is deep. And he's able to say, not your will, but not my will, but may your will be done. You wonder how Joseph, though, was able to do that, take that step of faith. If you had been in Joseph's shoes, could you have done it? To suddenly see your wife pregnant, how would you have handled that? What would you have done? You know, in some ways, Joseph's faith reminds me of Abraham's. Remember when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son, the son of promise, Isaac? Now, I'm sure this didn't make any sense to Abraham, especially because of the promises that God had already connected to his son. But Abraham didn't question God. He just acted in faith, and he obeyed the Lord's command. And he was going to sacrifice his son, but thankfully the angel of the Lord held his arm back. And we know from the story, the story that God was pleased with Abraham and for his willingness to trust and obey him. What a step of faith. What an act of faith. And we see that same faith in Joseph. I'm sure when Joseph asked Mary to be his wife, he never imagined that before their wedding day this would happen. Imagine what that conversation was like. I'm sure with tears in her eyes, Mary told Joseph, it's a God thing. Really, I wasn't fooling around. It, it, it was the Holy Spirit. That's what the angel said. Can you imagine if you heard that story from your fiancé? It would have probably sounded really absurd. I'm sure it didn't make any sense. I'm sure he wanted to pull his hair out. What would you have thought if your fiancé came home with that story? I think it would have been hard to swallow. Despite Joseph being angry and heartbroken over Mary's supposed unfaithfulness, our passage says because Joseph was a, a decent, God-fearing man, he planned to break the engagement very quietly. He didn't want to cause a ruckus because he wanted to keep, he wanted to honor Mary. 
you got to remember, adultery, that was punishable by death. Sadly, it was mostly focused on the woman rather than the man, but both actually could have been stoned for, uh, um, if they had been caught doing this. But of course, even if that didn't happen, there'd be a lot of public humiliation. It would have been wiser for Joseph to just distance himself from Mary, show that he was not involved in it at all, that this was Mary's doing. But he doesn't do that. He loves her so much that he divorces her quietly and says she might be able to still hopefully lead a quiet life somewhere. But one of the consequences of divorcing Mary quietly and not saying anything is it would have looked like Joseph was the one that got Mary pregnant in the first place. By not denying it, but by being quiet about it and and, and trying to save face and save Mary's honor. He was almost like pointing the fingers at himself, which would have ruined his reputation. It would have ruined his standing and, and the community in which they lived. But Joseph was willing to do all this because of his love for Mary and because he was just an honorable man, our, our passage says. Well, God knows this is tough for Joseph. And so he sends an angel, um, the angel Gabriel, in, in a dream. And uh, the angel says in verse 20, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Well, that clears it up completely, right? Still a little complicated. Still a lot of (laughs) questions I'm sure he had that were left unanswered. But he takes a step of faith. He really is an amazing person. The song Wayne sang earlier was written by Uh, a Christian artist by the name of Michael Card. Listen to just a few lines of that song again. Imagine how Joseph struggled with the good news that Gabriel was giving him. And and it's clear when uh, when you look at Joseph, when you see what he does, that his desire is to still honor the Lord and to be obedient. But listen to some of the words of the song and imagine yourself there. Lord, I know he's not my own, not of my flesh, not of my bones. Still, Father, let this baby be the son of my love. Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the son of God? Lord, for all my life, I've been a simple carpenter. How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? Gabriel told Joseph, that his son's name would be Jesus, for he would save people from their sins. I'm sure that last little piece of information, it it, it probably really hit Joseph. I mean, to think that he would be raising the Messiah, he would be raising the Savior of the world who would take away the people's sins. And not just the people's sins, but he would one day take away Joseph's sins. Wow. You can just imagine how that must have hit him. He didn't understand it completely. Very little of it, I think, at this point. But despite that, he's still willing to take that step of faith. 
Gabriel also said that his sons would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is what Isaiah had foretold 700 years before this, fulfillment of of a prophecy, that the virgin would conceive and give birth to a son, and he would be called Emmanuel. In other words, the child he raised would be God himself. God would be infused into humanity. Talk about an overwhelming thought, how that was going to work out, that you were actually raising a young man, a, a child, who was God himself. Well, I'm sure this wasn't the way Joseph had planned to start his family, yet this is how God chose to plan, or this is what God chose, how God chose to uh, um, start Mary and Joseph off um, and their family. And despite all those unknowns, Joseph, he's willing to take that step of faith. I'm sure he had endless questions, but still he said, Lord, may your will be done. And we can see that in his actions. If you ever stood where Joseph stood, your life filled with uncertainties, not really knowing what the future holds, caught between what God says and what makes sense to you, asking the question, how can this be? You ever ask that question in a hospital room as you're holding the hands of a loved one who's about to leave this world? Maybe you asked that question at the grave of your spouse and you wondered why God called them home. Maybe you've asked this question when the dreams you've had for your children don't seem to come to fruition. They're not working out. And so you ask, Lord, what are you up to? What are you doing? How can this be? It's a tough place to be. Questions like this, it can either turn us to God and draw us closer to him, or it can push us away from God because of our doubt. The Bethlehem sky, it's not the first to hear the questions of an honest heart, nor is it the last. And while God didn't answer every question for Joseph, in fact, I think if you look at this, God really answered very few questions. But God did answer Joseph's biggest question. God, do you care about me? Do you love me? God, can I trust you? Can I trust you with my life? Can I trust you with my family? And as Emmanuel drew near, Joseph had his answer. Yes, Joseph, I am with you. I've always been with you. My love for you now fills your wife's womb. Joseph, I know you're confused, but trust me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it wouldn't be long before Joseph and Mary saw the proof of this themselves when they held that little baby for the first time. During this Advent season, we're searching for more than the perfect tree or having the perfect decorations on our homes or in our homes. Our traditions at Christmas time, it, it might fill our earthly need for stability, but what we're really searching for 
It can only be found in a manger. Under a star. What we really crave is the comfort and the peace that only the Christ child can bring us. We have one more angel next week. You see three of them now in the sanctuary. We have one more. And he's going to tell us about the good news filled with a great joy. We're going to focus on joy next week and I hope you can be here again to claim the promises that are ours in Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we ask that question too, how can it be sometimes? And it's hard, Lord. It's hard when we don't understand what you're up to. We don't understand why you do what you do. But thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. Even when there are no answers, we can trust your love. As we think about that first Christmas so long ago, we see your love for us and the peace that this offers us, that brings us, that brings to us. And we just pray, Lord, that that peace might fill our lives and it might be something that we might share with others. Father, prepare us for the coming of your Son, both at Christmas but also his second coming. Prepare our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.